This is What Happens If with Daniel and Jan on Joy. I'm here. <laughs> That's the first, is that the first time I've been the first one to speak? Yeah, well, I just thought it was appropriate. I just pointed at yarn and said, go. Yeah. Um, well, this is what happens if on Joy. Exactly. This is what happens if on Joy 94.9. We're here for another week. And this week, we're asking, what happens if I become a carer? We sure are. Something, well, close, at, close to home-ish. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, definitely something that's been in the news lately. Mm. Um, and I guess, I guess carer where, well, I'm talking about it from the perspective of elder care. Mm. Um, but carer can obviously mean so many different things. There are people that, um, could be born into the position or, um, yeah, are parents that have, have children that they know they'll have to care for their whole lives. Um, uh, people who have, Sick partners, yeah, yeah, who get who get ill or who have a an ongoing condition, you know, uh, either by birth or or just incurable in some way or other, yeah, um, and that's their life. Yep. So, I guess what we're talking about is like what more about the concept of care as, as well as being a carer. Yeah. So we're not. Um if you're a, if you're a fan of the show, <laughs> uh, we tend not to. Uh, we, we ask questions, but we don't ever give advice. Um, yeah, and no. we don't ever try and break down the system. Um, mm. We try and understand the system. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But that's what you know. That's what Four Corners did. We're not here to do that. Yeah, yeah, that's um, right. Yeah, we're mm. just here to um, ask about personal experiences of caring for someone. Yeah. Um, and so you had the grand idea of bringing on. Our mums. Yeah. Well, I think we said this off air at some point. You know, we do often ask the experts mm. and we speak about that. Oh, we go, okay, let's find someone who knows about that specific thing, whether it's the economy or whether it's um, um, ballet or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas it just felt like, you know, people use this term a lot, but lived experience counts mm. for a fair bit um, when it comes to being a carer. Um, and... Yeah, I felt like um felt like we could we could swing that in terms of making it uh a story that people could listen to and enjoy. Well, my mum this year became the carer of my poppy, her dad, mm-hmm. who passed away March, maybe late Feb, March yeah. this year. Mm. And uh it was quite an ordeal. Yeah. Just just it all actually quite happened happened over a period of a year. Yeah. He went into the home the Christmas before that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, and from then on, basically, he fought the fact that he was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, he yeah. did everything he could to get out of the home. Yeah. Now, we were quite lucky in that the home was actually quite a good place for him. Yeah. It still wasn't the best place. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was okay. Yeah. I guess it seemed okay to us. Um, and, uh, but uh, he was suffering from vascular dementia Therefore, we were unable to know, we, we were unable to rely on his own decision making and it became quite awkward, um, for his, for his 
uh, wife, my nana, mm, and also mm. his kids in allowing him the freedom to make his own choices, but also understanding was that is that the dementia or is that mm, yeah. yeah 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 or, yeah 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 uh, and then how do we know and what rights do we have and what rights does he have and, yeah and so it's a huge thing to be explored again we're not trying to do that but it's, we're just just looking on from you know as as a son when you look at your as parents grandchildren. as grandchildren and you as think children. oh my god this is how life ends for some people so how do we go about it yeah well that's right and that, that's probably gets to the heart of how I've been thinking about it a lot which in the context of my family it's been difficult for a number of reasons but um one of them is purely just logistics you know my my mother has been tasked with um a lot of just travel you know it's and it's simple things like that that to me that's what care is the care is just to be there and do a thing for someone you know and uh, even recently um the 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 power went out at my grandfather's place right mm, and so he, he he can't deal with that no right he's 92 i don't know how to deal with that <laughs> yeah <laughs> even we call people to deal with yeah. that but but the care is in going and getting him and making sure he's safe mm. for the next few days mm. while the power gets put back on you know mm. like that is what care is mm. um so yeah, it feels like it's a really worthwhile way to spend an hour on radio to 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 talk about this. Well, text us in oh four two seven joy nine four nine if you've experienced um, being a carer or perhaps you're someone that needs care and what what is that like for you? Oh four two seven joy nine four nine or you can email us on air at joy dot um, Yeah, we're going to talk to our mum, so it's it's a kind of nice. It's really nice. It's really nice there. Um, for sure, my mum will try and steal my thunder and take over the whole performance, but yeah, I, yeah. I will not let that happen. She's been doing that for years. <laughs> she has. <actually. laughs> she's, I think she's a bit nervous. <laughs> oh, my mum would be as well. Yeah. But they're both very good speakers. Oh, they absolutely are. Uh, yeah. Get on the radio, for God's sake. <laughs> yeah. Get over yourself. Stop acting like you don't want to do this. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is what happens if I enjoy. Tonight we're asking what happens if I become a carer. This is Joy. Joy 94.9. Well, this is what happens if on Joy 94.9. And tonight we're asking the question, what happens if I become a carer? Yes. Mm. And, um, well, we thought we'd take a different avenue. We've kind of always gone expert, expert, expert. This is true. But who better to go expert-wise than people that have been carers before? Lived experience. Hello. Uh, so coincidentally, uh, both our parents have this year, well, sorry, our, both our mums have mm. this year ended up as carers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a significant way. In a significant way. And unfortunately, my mum's father passed away earlier this year. My poppy, he was a very mm. sweet man. You knew him. Yes. And uh, mum became his carer. And on the line now is my mum, Robin. Hi, Robin. Hi, Daniel, and hi, uh, hi. hello to all the listeners. <laughs> you are live on the radio. <laughs> Ooh, very exciting. It's a Robert's affair. <laughs> yeah, that's right, exactly. <laughs> well, Mum, um, how did it all happen? How did you become Poppy's carer? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, uh, I suppose the first indicator was that um, Dad... Uh, had quite a few falls um, at home, and because um, he was in his eighties, he was. In- uh, yes, Dad, Dad was in his late eighties. Yeah. Um, so it probably started around mid um, mid eighties, um, and um, the reason why he had 
a number of falls was he had myopathy, which means that um, the nerves in his feet um, weren't connecting to the nerves um, in his brain. So the messages weren't being sent. So he had a lot of trouble walking. So in the end, he was actually wheelchair-bound. Um, and he was living at home. A mum, um, amazing person, um, cared for him uh, 24-7. Um, and I suppose just an offside. They've been married for 62 years. So it was very much a part of what mum has done over the last 62 years. Well, just on that, we, we didn't as a family really know how bad it was, right? Nana kind of kept that hidden. Yeah. Yep, Nana's of the stoic generation mm. um, and very much um, kept a lot of the um, distress, I suppose, that she felt around caring for dad. I was a big man as well. Yeah. Um, uh, hidden from the children. Um, I think that's a. I think that's a common theme across. Well, certainly to my family as well. I feel like my grandfather certainly did the same thing with my grandmother, who had de- um, has dementia, and yeah. it was this thing of. It's almost like that, like you say, that stoic generation. I think that that's that same generation, right? They're, they're in early nineties, maybe late eighties at the moment. That's really interesting. I didn't, I didn't realize yeah. that that was probably a very, it's a, probably a very common occurrence that you have oh. the protection of the children, your generation. Oh, absolutely, Jan. And I think you know they lived through a war, they lived through depression. Um, so I mean, it was all about the, and also that that the role that a woman played. Um, in uh, the marriage uh, was certainly the carer of the husband, the carer of the children. Um, even though my mum worked for many, many, many years, but that certainly was something that she uh, held on to um, and valued very closely um, in making sure that Poppy was okay. So then um, she got. So then he had to go into a home. Well, he he had a bit of respite for a while, which he absolutely hated, mm. um, just to give mum a bit of a break. But in the end, um, uh, Dan and Jan, what happened was dad had quite a severe fall at home and hit his head um, on the side table um, in the um, in the bedroom, which then he needed to go to hospital. So while he was there, um, he was already under care in regards to... Uh, there was a diagnosis of vascular dementia, um, among other things. Um, Dad also was in the Navy, was in the Korean War, and they had recently discovered that he had um, asbestos. Uh, Asbestitis on his or something. Uh, yes, on yeah. his lungs. Um, so um, when I got the call from Mum to come and see him, by that time the doctors had... Uh, organised uh, with DBA, uh, someone to come in and assess him. Um, and due to a number of quite debilitating um, conditions that was uh, what he had and also uh, what was emerging, uh, it was deemed that he was unfit to go home. And mum, in her um, early or late, yeah, the early 80s, was certainly not uh, physically and also um, emotionally um, able to manage Dad at this stage. So we had to talk to Dad um, about um, him going to a home. Um, interestingly enough, um, 
he, we needed his permission. We needed him to understand the situation that he was actually in. Uh, so uh, someone came and assessed him, uh, spoke to him. Uh, I was there when he was being, um, having a number of the tests. Um, and there were times, Dan, um, that he was, he's a very, very smart man, um, ran his own business, a, a real intellect. Um, and so there were times when he was so switched on that you would never, ever consider that he was um, eligible or sort of um, ready at that point in his life to go into a home. But then in the next assessment or the next conversation, uh, he wasn't able to uh, manage that um, cognitively. Um, and so there was a decision to, to be made and I spoke to him about it and um, I could see that he really didn't want to go and who wants to go into a home anyway? Uh, he didn't want to go home. Um, so eventually we had to, we put him into some respite. Uh, further tests were done and that's when mum and I needed to go out and find a, um, a place um, that we felt would uh, care for Dad. Uh, we were, I suppose we were very conscious of um, a number of things because my mum, Nana had also put her mum into a care facility. Um, so we were, mum was very aware of the types of things to look out for. Um, so, so mum, when, when he went into the home, he wasn't particularly yes. cooperative. How did, you, mm. how did you then end up as his carer? Yes. So he just wanted to come home. He was, he was, he was very angry, um, very confused. Um, he just wanted to come home. So the, the reason that I became um, um, administrator and um, carer for Dad uh, was because uh, in his confused cognitive state, he wasn't able to make um, sound judgments in regards to um, the, his finances, uh, his living arrangements. Um, he was very cross with Nana, Mum, mm. because he felt that it was Mum's doing that he was there. Mm. So, um, unfortunately, after 62 years, there was a breakdown um, in the marriage as far as Dad was concerned. Well, not only that, he was, he was threatening to divorce her, wasn't he? Well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the That's quite the breakdown. Of... Yeah, it's a bit late coming, to be honest. <laughs> it, they were, look, there were very many moments um, that he became extremely suspicious of Mum. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, um, it was incredible. Mum still made the trip down. Um, it was close to home, which was really good. Um, and she made, you know, she was visiting him every day. We visited him um, quite a bit as well. He came home for Christmas. He brought him home for other days. But he could not get out of his mind that mum uh, put him there and he was mum was basically after his money. So that was the reason why he sort of, he started to seek out legal support was because he was concerned that his finances were being ripped off him by Nana. Correct. And that's how Correct. you is that how you came involved as uh, not not as as administrator. As an administrator, yes, you mm. had to go to VCAT, um, and Dad had representation. Um, 
and we had uh, representation and a number of uh, diagnoses from um, a variety of different experts in the field. Um, and in the end, Dad didn't want me as well because he said I was going to collude with your mother. You're colluding with your mother. You're telling her all the <laughs> story. And um, Alexia and Damien, um, my brother and sister, um, they, they were also colluding. They had no idea. No one had any idea. He was the one who had all the ideas. So it got to the point where he wanted to get a um, court-appointed administrator. Uh, now, in doing that, um, you basically uh, lose control of your finances and your life because a, um, a neutral party takes over um, essentially all the finances, etc., in regards to mum and dad. And it wasn't just dad we were worried about, we were also worried about mum. So the VCAT um, went on for about an hour and then I uh, called... We had a bit of a break, and I said to Dad, "This has just got to stop." You know, uh, you know that I we've always had a very good relationship, Dad and I. And I said, "You know that I'll care for you and look after you." So anyway, he agreed. So I then became um, administrator for Dad um, and carer. Mum still were, took over his medical, so I didn't have his medical, but I had everything else, um, which. Um, he, <laughs> I'm laughing because then that <laughs> took it to a whole new level. So uh, yeah, that would really change things. Six o'clock in the morning to um, I don't know nine o'clock, ten o'clock at night. Uh, he'd be calling me. Well, he was old school, and he he almost saw your role as administrator as also his assistant, which he also he loved Nana, but Nana was also his secretary in life, and so oh, absolutely. and you beca- that's what you became. Oh, absolutely. So you, yes. you took on a, a, a second full time job there. <laughs> I did take on a second full time job, and it really is, isn't it? I mean, it's it's no small thing to communicate with someone else's bank on their behalf communicate yeah. with Centrelink, communicate with the home. Yeah. I mean, the the yeah. the paperwork, I mean, I've seen my mum go through this as well mm. for my grandfather. Yeah. It really is like you took on mm. a, a full-time secretary position at the office of your own father, Yeah, you know? Uh, that's so true, Jan. And, you know, the thing that probably um, is um, the, the most uh, difficult part about all of that is that you have an... Uh, such an emotional tie to the whole experience and so for me it was about making sure I did the right thing by dad because that was my role Um, but also ensuring that Lexia and my sister and my brother Damien and mum were also part of the story Um, and the role of the administrator is that I had to ensure that dad's well-being was first priority at all times so um, that in itself um, caused, not conflict, but caused confusion around the family finances, um, etc. Um, and, you know, uh, he he's a very strong man. He was very persistent. He'd be, I'd be driving to work uh, about 7 o'clock in the morning and he'd be like, where are you, dear? <laughs> I said, I'm driving to work. Oh, what are you going to work for? You don't need to work. Uh, look, You've got a job. I gave you, you one. <laughs> <laughs> you need to be here right now. I've got an appointment to meet so-and-so at 8 o'clock, which you never did. Um, <laughs> so then 
we decided, well, we'll take his little mobile phone away from him. God love him. Mm. And uh, because he was racking up the most amazing phone bill. Yeah, he did not have um, a good plan. <laughs> he didn't have <laughs> Because there was just this, and he fought everyone at the... Um, at the at the home, um, carers at home. Yeah. Um, well, I should we, say as well that there's a lot of news about this at the moment, and we, yeah. as a family, didn't have a particular we didn't have a particularly bad time, a bad experience in the home uh, that Poppy was in. We're not going to name it, but mm. Um, mm. that's probably one relief that we were that you particularly, Mum, were lucky. I was going to say just logistically, yeah. you were saying, Robin, that it was just around the corner, and mm. also just around the corner from your mum. I mean, that's huge. Yeah, you know, just yeah. for it to be sort of right there, yeah. that, that's a big win in, in in an area where you need some wins. Mum is oh, a, sorry, go on. A, absolutely, yeah, because it was you know it's close to my sister and my brother and um, um, and mum, of course, and we, we you know just to be able to. Get in a car and know that you're going to be there in ten minutes, um, and you could spend a couple of hours with him. Um, I, I think it made a huge difference. But we, as a family, and me then as the administrator, um, um, were very pleased with the care that Dad received um, and the attention that he received. Um, uh, I'll have one funny story that you might be interested in. Yeah, let's finish on um, that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so one day I go, um, and it was lunchtime, and he wasn't sitting at his normal place where um, he was placed for lunch. He was actually um, at the very end of the dining room with a couple of other people. So I went over to him and I said, now what are you doing over here? And he said, well, I've been banished. I've been banned. <laughs> um, uh, I've, uh, apparently, I haven't been behaving myself on my table. So now they've made me go over to Alaska, because I'm in Alaska now. <laughs> um, and I've been banished to this table. <laughs> I remember once so, when, when Adam and I went to visit him, he we were yeah. rolling him out to... Uh, uh, lunch and yes. he said, oh, there's my best friend and there's my best friend Mark or something and this guy came up to him and said, oh, that's not Mark. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the thing, you know, um, what, what, you know, so what I held on to were, you know, there were moments when my dad uh, shined through mm. um, and the lovely memories of me having um, with dad growing up but we're, we're there at times. And then he'd just do these most outrageous things. And then you'd talk to him about it the next day and he'd be laughing. So um, even though it was a, a very difficult situation for everybody, um, including Dad um, and definitely Mum, um, we were, uh, I suppose, blessed in a way that he was able to be looked after and cared for in a place that... Um, did him justice. Well, Mum, uh, it's been absolutely stunning having you on What Happens If. <laughs> uh, thanks for joining us and telling us all about um, Poppy. No, thank you, uh, Dan, and thank you, Jan, and thank you for giving me the chance to talk about a man who um, is a uh, has been and will always be an important part in uh, not only my life but all the, the lives of our children and grandchildren and the great-grandchild as well. Well, this is what happens if up next, it's Jan's mum, Jana. You're on Joy. <laughs>
This is Joy. This is what happens if on Joy we've spoken to Dan's mum, Robin. Yes, we did. Now we're going to speak to my mum. Oh, She's on the line. It's Yana De Pietro. Oh. Hello, Yana. <laughs> Hello, Daniel. Hello, Jan. How are you? Hi, you're live on the radio. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we just spoke to um, Robin about her experiences becoming a carer, and that's what we're talking about tonight. We're talking about what happens if I become a carer. And you mm. found yourself in a very similar situation with some differences, but can you just very briefly maybe sum up how you came to be a carer for your parents? Yeah, sure. Well, it's... I basically started caring about four years ago. Um, my parents were still at home, but my mother was just increasingly needing my help and would call on me quite often. Sometimes it was daily, sometimes a few times a week. I just gradually over a four-year period just found myself having to just be there for my parents. Um, and now what it, where it is right now is that I'm basically 24-7 caring. So I care for both my parents. I've got my father is at home still, obviously, and my mother is in a nursing home. So I go in between with both of them. Sometimes I'm visiting my father twice a day, sometimes it's once a day, um, and then obviously I have to visit my mother. So basically that's where I am right now. So what's, it, so what's the experience been like, Yana, now that, now that you are, I guess, in, in some aspects a full-time carer? How's your life changed? Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. Good point. Um, so basically, like I said, it, 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 it really, I've basically just devoted my life to being there for my parents. Um, so I can't work full time. I work at the most, I could only work, you know, 20 hours a week or something like that. I have to be available 24-7. I have to basically have put my life on hold so that I can actually be there for them. It's uh, very, very challenging because you um you're dealing with adults so you have to it's not like the children and you sort of have more control with an adult there's a lot of you know talking and discussing and you know looking back at the past and seeing what they would have wanted and all these sorts of things um yeah but personally my whole life has completely changed. So Robin um, mentioned something before which I found really interesting which I think would click with you which is that she said that she was doing the administrative work for her grandfather which is her what father. she had to, her, her father which is what she had to do in the interest of his well-being but she said it was really mm-hmm. difficult because she had a constant emotional connection to the work. And I found that really interesting because I think about the way that you just logistically you take my grandfather to see my grandmother, um, you help him with all sorts of things, bills, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. The day-to-day care, I know my dad does it as well, cleaning all this stuff. But then there's also the emotional toll on the, on top of that. So how do you, how do you think about, um, juggling those two things? And, and at what point do you have to sort of, I hate to say, it, but what, at what point do you have to sacrifice your emo- emotional connection to make the right choice that you know is correct for your parents? Yep. Correct. And sometimes I find in one day I'm just putting on different hats. You know, sometimes I have to take off the hat that I'm the daughter. Um, and I have to put on another type of hat, like more a public hat, like an advocate. Um, sometimes I have to be the daughter. It, it, I have to do, I, I am finding myself having to do that quite, quite often. Um, emotionally, um, it, it is difficult emotionally because uh, memories start coming back in, you know, about 
me being the daughter of my parents, but now I'm sort of now sometimes having to put this other hat on as if I'm the parent of my parents. <laughs> yeah. um, I find I find that a little bit hard, and sometimes I have to watch myself and not be too controlling and too like I want you to do this, you got to do this now, whatever it is, um, and just try and stand back. But what I, how I, am approaching it is that I have made a commitment to devote myself to my parents. So I made a commitment to be of service to them. That's my baseline. That sounds exactly like um, what Robin said. Isn't that funny? I mean, I think yeah. that that's a, probably a constant a lot across any um, child of a parent who is of sound mind themselves and um, and sees the world in a in a in a in a yeah. good light. That that seems to be what everyone is trying to do. Now, I, I wanted to ask you what what is your what is your definition of care? Now, to me, like I'll put in my two cents here. I just think it's being with someone. Whether it's doing their yeah. taxes for them or or helping yeah. them go to lunch, it's just being with a person. Yeah. What what is it for you? Yeah, for me, um, it's progress. First of all, it was just doing, you know, helping out, you know, under the banner of care. It's progress now over a four year period. To I'm an advocate. Okay, so it's not just caring. It's I'm actually an advocate now. I I am the voice. I speak now. Um, I'm the public person for my parents. I'm the mediator with, you know, allied health professionals that they have to interact with. Um, but with both sides of my parents, my father, I'm interacting at any one time up to 15 people. Right? <laughs> yeah, right. Whole with team. My mother, yeah, correct. Uh, with my mother, it's a different ball game. It's a nursing home. But both of them, I'm increasingly finding that I am the advocate. And with, with what's happening now, with, you know, the, you know, the Royal Commission and all this sort of stuff, um, I'm actually more vigilant, right? Yeah, right. Watching out for things for them. Because when they get to that age, they're not interested in worrying about what this person's doing to them or what's going on with their finances or all that sort of stuff. They don't have, they're 19, 92 years old, you know. Yeah. So that's where I found I, to me, the definition of care right now is advocacy. And there's another one that I recently have adopted as well. That it's um it's actually a a Chinese uh, philosophical thought. It's called filial piety. It's where you are in service to your parents when they get to be a very old age. Yeah. Right? Wow. So yeah. So that's where I'm finding myself. Yeah. Well, thanks so much, Mama. Thank you for speaking with us. Thank you for coming on and speaking about something that means a lot to a lot of people and that's obviously a lot in the news at the moment. And um, Dan and I have really enjoyed speaking to both our mums. Oh, thank you. Thanks, Yana. Thanks for airing it. Well, this is what happens if I'm joined on a 4.9 and tonight we're asking the question, what happens if I become a carer? Hmm. Um, for the first time ever on What Happens If, we just had our mums on the show. Yeah. That was so cute. It was amazing. Mm. Um, and uh, I know that both of them appreciated being able to say it out loud and to have people listen to it. I think so. I think um, my mum was a bit nervous because Poppy's death only happened in March, so not, not six, seven months ago. Yeah. Um, she was worried that it was going to be too raw 
Um, mm. But she sounded okay, and I think um, I think that she should be proud of the way she managed it and the way oh. she got through it. Because, oh. like she said, it was a friggin' nightmare in some yeah. ways. And you know what's really it was really interesting, and we did sort of touch on it that um, both our mums. Pretty much without speaking to each other, by the way, they don't think, I don't, they've never talked about this experience between the two of them, but, um, they pretty much almost word for word had the same definition of what care is. Yeah. And they, they actually both said basically exactly the same thing. Yeah. And I find that really interesting because I think, you know, you talk about it, it you know, it is a nightmare and it's been a nightmare in my family and it continues to be because my grandmother has severe dementia and it continues to be difficult because my grandfather's also still alive and needs care. Mm. And the that even though there's that ongoing nightmare, it's a, it is only so because our mums made the choice to actually do something. Right? It's it's super easy to not care. It's super easy to you know, um, but brush it aside or go, oh, well, I don't have time for that or whatever. But they've both, and they almost said the exact same thing, they've made a commitment to doing the absolute best they can for the well-being of that person. Well, it's that, it's kind of, um, I maybe didn't really ever think about it until mm. this year, that mm. this is something that as a child you may have to go through. And it's yeah. kind of like your mum said, I feel like I'm the parent now. Yep. And that's sometimes hard mm. because she still wants to be the daughter. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. But she has to... That role's finished. ...the parent hat on and go, all right, I'm going to have to make the decisions for you now, but also I don't want to make all the decisions because I want to give you the chance to still be an adult. Because mm, you're my dad or mum or, you know... Yeah. And does that ever go away? I don't think it does ever go away. No. That, that, um, that relationship, that, that, um, I, I want to say like, um, power relationship, but that, that status, some kind of status, subconscious well, status thing. But that would be, I guess it does because, it, but you would grieve, you're grieve, grieving in real time. Mm, and yeah. that's actually, especially with dementia. Yeah. Well, that's what I know. And I don't want to speak for her, but I know that Nana felt hard with my poppy while he was going through dementia was showing that showing the signs of it should mm. say because he, he he wasn't always bad but he was bad at some time some points she was grieving for him while she was there with him and he was still alive yeah because he was treating her like someone he didn't really know or mm. not the person that she'd been not the yeah, wife yeah. that she'd been yeah yeah, yeah 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 and actually had never treated her that way yeah 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 so it was it was quite hard to watch mm. um and then i think as a kid you're like you know that you're you're not actually part of that relationship in that way so you ha- so mum had to step in and say all right, well, he needs me to do this for him, but I think mum also needs me to do this for her so that things don't get too complicated. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. it was hard as well because she didn't want to be stepping on Nana's toes Yeah, while she was making the decisions and because Poppy made her her administrator, I should say. Yeah, and, and, this, is, and this is what the... That's the nightmare. The nightmare is that the whole thing gets flipped on its head. And I found it really interesting that um, uh, your mother spoke about how... Um, your nan, her mother, was protecting her from the from how difficult it was getting mm. before it sort of hit, I guess, crisis point, and 
people had to step in, you go to VCAT and that sort of thing happens, which we, no one ever wants to do that crap. Mm. But, um, up until that point, the mother, the, your grandmother is still protecting Robin. The still, matriarch. Yeah, still protecting her children. Yeah. And I don't see any reason why our parents won't do the same. No, exactly. <laughs> uh, you know, They will hold off for as long as they can. Yeah, because... Will, in fact, they never said, we need your help. It just mm. became apparent. <laughs> yeah, it just became obvious <laughs> that it has to be done. Well, and that that, that, mm. that that I think is another thing. Like, I, I feel like part of my definition of care is about doing what's necessary mm. and trying to make it make each moment moving forward better than the last in as much as you can. Mm. I think if whether it's a nursing home or VCAT or whoever it is, if an action is taken that doesn't bring like a net profit of like less suffering for as many people as possible, especially the person in question if they have dementia, if it doesn't bring like a net benefit to their to them having less suffering, then it's the wrong thing. You've done the wrong thing. Well, this is what happens if on join on a four point nine trust tonight. We're asking the question: What happens if I become a carer? Um, text us in if you haven't already. Oh four two seven joy nine four nine. We'd love to know your stories of being in a carer situation, or in fact, if you had been in care. Um, it's obviously hot off. The news, you know, yep. the Royal Commission into mm-hmm. um, uh, aged care facilities. Um, but that's not what we're necessarily talking about it tonight. In case you missed it earlier on, we both had our mums on. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they were telling us about their experience um, with caring for their parents. Yeah, um, Your mum uh, is actually caring for both your mum, your grandfather and your grandmother. Mm. So what's that been like for you as a son to watch her go through that? Well, it you know, it's partly what you spoke about, about it awakening the idea that one day I'll have to do the same. Mm. And have to is the wrong thing. It's just that I will do the same. Um, and well, your dad's very funny. So <laughs> <at least> the- <laughs> There's at least that, <laughs> <laughs> and he's also an extremely good carer. Now, yeah. the, the, what what probably what I've realised is that. Um, <laughs> Is that there's just no easy way to go about it. That doesn't seem to be, does there? Uh, no. Uh, uh, other than to say that if there's anything you can do that's in your power now, as in like the rage that we are now, 30, if there's anything that you can do now to safeguard against any, against all possible <laughs> things going wrong, whether it's getting something like dementia or, you know, some other some, something else that, that renders you incapable of making your own choices. Make those plans now. Make, make the choice now. <laughs> I guess that's the thing as well, isn't it? Like, look into, if you've got, if you're a billionaire, a young billionaire, put some money towards dementia research. Yeah, Can please. I say that? Because, yeah. <laughs> or Alzheimer's research, because that, you might, you might get dementia and then go for 10 years, which doesn't seem like a lot compared to 80 years, but those 10 years is a long time mm. to be with that illness and also as a family member to be suffering around that illness. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, perhaps put some money aside if, uh, for your own nursing home bills. Yeah, seriously. Or for a full-time carer because that stuff is expensive. Yeah. And clearly, clearly, uh, what we can't do is rely on either the free market or the government no. to get it all right. Well, neither of them are doing anything 
too good at the moment. Well, it seems like the combination thereof isn't really working. Doesn't seem to be, does it? We said... Um, we always throw back to our favourite guest, Richard Dennis. Yeah. Well, not a favourite guest. No, no, Stephen A. Russell's our favourite. We're Stephen A. Told Russell. Him in front of his face. <laughs> Stephen A. Russell, if you're listening. We'll get you to give us our, your favourite aged care films. <laughs> Amour. Um, go ahead. Uh, Patch Adams. Is that aged, <laughs> is that aged care? <laughs> I just thought of hospitals. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, oh, yeah, Richard Dennis. And he said, he brought up one point... We should have the best aged care in the world mm. because we have so much money. So much money. And why do we not? Like that, I, I thought about that, especially watching the Four Corners thing. Why do we not, why are we not dying as well as we've lived? Yeah, and I think we were, we were driving along in the car somewhere and I said to you, if I took the amount of money that I'm likely to get from like my super fund when I retire and I took it to Bali... I could live as a king with a 24-hour <laughs> carer yes. till I die. Yes. And it would be, you know, like we, you, we are so rich. Yeah. It's silly. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, hopefully this Royal Commission figures stuff out. I guess that's what they're supposed to do. But, I mean, I even heard people saying when it was first announced, well, why are we having the Royal Commission? We know what needs to be fixed. Now what, all that's going to happen is the Royal Commission will hold up progress that's already being made. Well, yeah, this is, this, and this is a big thing. One of the things that I've learned about in going through it, and I'm similar to you in that I was in the dark a little bit until I really got involved in the care of my grandparents. And what I, what is absolutely true is that the amount of paperwork and, mm. and wait times and just understaffed bodies, government bodies, uh, and, and n- not to mention just waiting to get a bed at the right nursing home. Mm. I mean, it's just, it's years. It's years and years and years. What's it like for you? Because your grandmother, you were very close with her. Mm. Um, and she, I remember her um, bringing you to dancing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so what's, what's it been like for you this last? There was definitely one moment, I yeah. reckon maybe t- two or so years ago. Um, where I went over there and I hadn't seen my grandparents, grandparents for about nine months, I reckon. And, um, we went over to visit them and I knew that there had been like, it was like getting quite bad, but she had gone, she had clearly gone like significantly downhill within that nine month period or whatever it was Mm, to the point so fast. Yeah. And then I, I, I realized in that moment that the last time that I had seen her, those nine nine or so months ago was the last time that I really saw her as she mm. was. She just, was just completely different. Mm. And and now now what's interesting about that is that there are still times, even though she continues to go downhill and her condition progresses, there are still times and enough times where she comes through again. Like your mum said, she shines through. Mm. She shines through and she makes a little comment and you go, oh, yeah, that's, that's grandma. Yeah. yeah. But then it's just so often the time where she just needs people there with her yep. because all she knows is every given moment and although she's not acting or behaving how we expect her to behave or how we would characterize her when she's eventually gone but it doesn't matter no she's experiencing every each each new moment in the moment and needs care and love in those moments well if this has been uh if this is a hard topic for you um don't forget you can always call lifeline at one three one 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 four um uh it's a hard one isn't it mm. because it's not something it 
it's not something you can solve by having it. Well, you can solve it by having a conversation because the conversation, I guess, is starting. Um, it's, it's just about being more aware. Yep. And I definitely became more aware of what it's like to um, reside in a home uh, this year. Something mm. I, I had another experience. My great nana, my nana's mum, she died in a home probably about 15, 20 years ago. So I kind of remember what that was like, but not really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. then this year I was like, oh, this is what they're like. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I And it's, I've, I, like I said, that place that Poppy was in, I think, did a great job from what it seemed. Yeah. Um, but you can also see why it's not ideal. You want to be at home with your family, but unless you can pay for the care, like, you know, Nana and Poppy would have had to sell the house to the house they've lived in for 60 years well, this is to the, afford yeah. the full-time care that he needed. And when you're talking about care in that in that respect, this is the absolute big difference for me. The, the people who are absolutely far and away most qualified to care for you are your family because mm. they are free. <laughs> right? That's the thing. <laughs> that, is, that is the thing. It, that, that is clearly the best case scenario, that the people who are closely, most closely related to those who need the care are given access to those people as much as possible. It has to be. Well, who knows? We sort of went. Uh, we sort of went uh, back to our back to our <laughs> difficult topic ways. <laughs> we have. <laughs> <laughs> We've got no answers for this one. But no. um, well, I guess the, the, what we were asking what happens if I become a carer. You just deal with it mm. because you have to because family is important. Mm-hmm. Um. We'll be back. This is Joy. Joy 94.9. Well, this has been What Happens If on Joy 94.9. Tonight we're asking the question, what happens if I become a carer? Mm. Shout out to our mums, Robin <laughs> and Yana, for joining us. Um, should we get those two together? Absolutely. Have a bubbles. Yeah. Celebrate being carers and the good things about it. Absolutely. Um, thanks for your text in. We've loved having you involved in the mm. show. Um uh, yeah, this episode was, uh, and we can say it's dedicated to my poppy and also your grandma, who's still with us, but yeah, yeah, um, is in care, and uh, we love them both very much. And uh, grandparents are really amazing, and I think that we're lucky actually that we've been able to be alive with them and have them know have us them. to to an older age. I yeah, know. yeah, totally. Yeah, um, my poppy loved this next singer that we've got lined up. Great song. What a banger. (laughs) (laughs) Good taste. Good taste, Poppy. Um, As always, go check out our podcast. You know the drill. You know the drill. You know what it's like. Um, I'm going away for a while. You are. But I'll be back. Jan's going to hold on to the steering wheel. Yep. I'm going to take the reins. He's going to take the reins. And uh, I'll call in. Yeah, please. Um, I'm I'm really looking forward to that. I'm off to India. Yeah. So I'll call you from, I don't know, Bangalore. I will. Um, This is what happens if up next is Urban Dreaming. Thanks for listening. You're on Joy. On the village green When I was 17 21 